Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. With a compact footprint, variety of unit options, and seamless system management, city multi-variable refrigerant flow zoning systems from Mitsubishi Electric Train, HVAC US are a one-stop solution for modular projects. With efficient operation and the ability to connect to commercial ventilation equipment, third-party systems, and comprehensive control solutions, City Multi VRF can help you meet energy and performance goals on your next project. From off-site development to on-site assembly, you can trust our manufacturer-level support to guide you from system selection to design to startup, no matter the application. To learn more about our offerings, visit MitsubishiPro.com. Welcome, everyone. My name is John McMullen, and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today, I'm talking with MBI Executive Director Tom Harderman. Tom is here to discuss a critical issue facing the modular construction industry and what we can all do to protect our collective interests. Tom, thanks for being here. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, my pleasure. Before we start, uh, we're just coming off a uh, world of modular, and I was wondering if you could you know, give us a brief recap, uh, your recollections, your feelings of how that event went. Oh, uh, I think it was great. Uh, we had over a thousand attendees in San Antonio and um, it's just so good to be back in person and reconnect with everyone. Um, the energy was real high and you can just kind of sense a buzz in the air and excitement about our industry. So I, I'm, I was thrilled with how it went. Excellent. Excellent. I brought up uh, World of Modular for a reason. Actually, on, on Thursday, we had our business meeting and uh, leads us into the topic of this podcast. Actually, at that business meeting, you made uh, some very important comments about uh, the expansion uh, of the Davis-Bacon Act. And so I was wondering uh, if you could sort of give us some background on that. What What is the Davis-Bacon Act uh, in a nutshell? Well, sure. Um, you know, about a week before we went to the conference, we, we learned that uh, there was going to be an expansion or a proposed expansion to the Davis-Bacon Act. Uh, and just real uh, brief summary, uh, the Davis-Bacon Act is, is a 90-year-old law, 1931, uh, Congress passed the Davis-Bacon Act, um, and the intent is to set what they call prevailing wages for various uh, construction trades, laborers, electricians, plumbers, etc., cetera, uh, for any federally funded work. So if you're bidding on this work, you have to pay these prescribed uh, prevailing wages for your tradespeople. So that's the law uh, as it exists, and it's been that way for, for 90 years. What effect has the, has the Davis-Bacon Act historically had on offsite and modular construction, and, and what's being proposed now? Well, historically, it's very specific. The Davis-Bacon Act applies to construction on the site of work. Uh, that's always been the case. Uh, there have been numerous uh, legal challenges and attempts to expand that definition to off-site fabrication, um, not just our industry, not just modular, but everything from uh, sheet metal, uh, ductwork, uh, fencing, all sorts of cases have been filed to prevent the expansion of Davis-Bacon from applying off the site of work. Uh, the proposal that we're talking about does just that. It calls for prevailing wages to be applied back in our factories, back in our modular factories, regardless of where those factories are located. So it's it, it, it creates numerous challenges, as, as you might imagine. So what are the um, what are some of the specific impacts that, that the Davis-Bacon expansion would have on 
off-sited modular? Well, specifically, we'll start with this. It is a construction labor law. Um, the way it's written, the trade classifications are construction specific. If laborers, carpenters, electricians, painters, uh, drywall uh, installers, tile installers, so forth. The attempt is to try to pick up those on-site trades and apply them to factory workers, modular factory workers. Um, and it's ill-fitting at best because uh, the work that happens in the factories, the, the tasks, the activities, the skill set, the risk profile is different than what happens on site. So it, 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 the, the trade classifications just don't fit the workers in the factory. And there's no, um, there doesn't seem to be an understanding by the Department of Labor or, or they just don't care um, that they don't fit. And, and it's, it, it would just create an administrative nightmare for the factories to try to force those prescribed rates on their workers when they're going sometimes in you know, different different projects, different mm -hmm. tasks, if you will. So that that's that's kind of the first obstacle is it doesn't fit our industry. Uh, backing up a little bit more specifically, we don't think the Department of Labor has the authority to expand the Davis-Bacon law without congressional oversight. This was not a law that was passed. There was no hearings. This is just the agency saying, we read it and we we interpreted it a little differently than everyone else has in the past 20, 30 years. So we're now going to apply this to offsite uh, modular prefabrication shops. So we're opposed to that. We're, we're you know, fighting against the, uh, trying to fit the uh, traditional construction rates back in the factory. Um, and then there's some other challenges with it as well that you know we can we can touch on. Uh, what what is MBI doing? What 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 response uh, does the industry have? I've been the director here for almost 20 years, um, and I I think and I believe this is the biggest threat to our industry growth in, in my all my time I've been here. Maybe maybe the biggest threat to industry growth ever. Um, we are looking at this. This is our line in the sand. Uh, this is our fight, and, and we're going to uh, take it to the U.S. Department of Labor. Really, a three pronged approach is what we're looking at. There's an immediate uh, response, there's a midterm, and then there's probably going to be a long-term uh, action required. In the immediate term, we need to submit public comments for this proposed rule. We have about a week left to do that. So that's, that's happening. We, uh, we hired a uh, very powerful law firm in uh, Washington, D.C. to help facilitate this. Um, so we'll submit public comments. We don't think that's going to have a great deal of influence in changing the Department of Labor's mind. So we're prepared for the next uh, steps, which includes um, getting some congressional reps involved uh, to, to help make our case for us. So more of an ad advocacy campaign. And then ultimately, if this does um, pass and, and gets uh, applied to our industry, we plan to challenge it in court. So they're, they're um, there's a regulatory response, there's a, a legislative advocacy piece, and then there's a, a judicial uh, response that we're playing. We're, we're going to utilize all three branches of government to, uh, to fight this thing. What's your message to uh, members who may be thinking, hey, I don't think this applies to me, I don't really do uh, federal work, is there any risk of this sort of trickling down to the state level? Yeah, that is a huge concern. Uh, so the federal Davis-Bacon law, yeah, I realize not 
a lot of our members do federally funded work, but it's more than you might think about. Uh, there are multifamily housing projects that are funded through HUD grants that are required uh, to pay Davis-Bacon rates. We haven't had to pay them in the past. We will have to pay them going forward. Um, all of this new stimulus money that they're, they're talking about spending, it's going to be wrapped up in Davis-Bacon rates. Uh, everything from installing solar panels, just all the new spending that's coming out of D.C. is going to trigger Davis-Bacon. And even if that still doesn't concern you, there are 26 states that have what they call little Davis-Bacon laws or, or state prevailing wage laws. And if the feds say they've changed the rules on us and offsite is now covered, you can bet California, New York, and Maryland, and, and several other states are going to follow suit. And then what that means now is uh, this could impact state-funded projects. And education is our one of our biggest markets uh, in our industry. Mm -hmm. Housing, um, healthcare projects that are that utilize state funds. So if you're doing anything for a federal or state-funded agency, you're at risk. You're at risk of either saying, this is too complicated, I don't want to do it, I'm walking away, or trying to figure out how you're going to apply this these construction rates back in your factory. It's it's a nightmare scenario either way. So what is MBI, and you touched on this a little bit ago, what is MBI going to be doing uh, in the months to come, in the, in the medium to long term? Well, right away, we're going to encourage our members to submit comments. And again, that's that regulatory short-term piece. So that's happening. Um, we are currently reaching out to congressional reps. The, the challenge here is we have Everyone knows high inflation costs. Everything costs more now than it did a year ago. We also continue to have affordable housing crisis. Um, we have numerous developers, affordable housing developers, who utilize modular because it, it lets them get more housing inventory on the streets faster and more economically. This will take that tool away from them. So we, we not only plan to uh, rally our industry, we want to talk to those housing authorities at state and local level to say, look, this is going to impact your ability uh, to provide housing in your communities. Um, and that is something that uh, political leadership will be tuned into. Um, it's a crisis now. This is only going to make it worse. So that intermediate term, we're going to do a lot of visits with uh, congressional reps, get them writing letters to the administration and Department of Labor find out who our allies are on this issue. We've got several trade groups that are opposing Davis-Bacon expansion as well, several housing authorities. Um, and then, like I mentioned uh, earlier, not a hollow threat. We will uh, seek an injunction on this if it, if it gets to that. We will hire legal representation and fight it in court. And that's a long and messy and expensive battle. But it's it, honestly, I think this has the potential to, to to hit our industry and reduce the size of our overall industry by as much as twenty percent. So it's mm. it's a multi-billion-dollar risk that we're looking at. I think it's well worth it for us to fight this with everything we've got. So, what can members do to to stay engaged uh, as this goes forward? Well, certainly, uh, hopefully, they're listening to this podcast and they're they're educated on the issue. Um, it's, you know, Davis-Bacon Act is a huge, cumbersome, uh, multifaceted uh, act, and it's, it's, it's really hard to grasp all the, you know, aspects of it. So try to stay educated on what it is and how it impacts your business. Look, if we send these emails out, we will be update alerts, take action, you know, please read those emails and follow up with us. Um, 
or if they just have a question about it, they can email, you know, me, Tom at modular.org, or our government affairs director, uh, John Hennis Picanha, and just say, I'm not sure how this impacts us. Uh, help me out. We'll be glad to have those calls. Um, we're going we're to be doing some town hall calls coming up in the near future with our members just to, uh, again, get the word out and educate everyone. But um, we have set up a regulatory relief fund because we know this is not only going to be the biggest issue facing us, it's going to be the most costly issue facing us. So we're going to need um, some members uh, stepping up and supporting us through voluntary contributions to that regulatory relief fund. Um, sadly, this isn't going to be the only issue we have. It would be great if we could just set aside all of our other state and provincial issues and only focus on this, but that's not reality. You know, we're going to have to keep fighting all those other issues on top of this this uh, massive expansion. So help support the funds, stay educated, email us with any questions they have about, about this and, um, and, and share it with, um, if you're a contractor or developer, talk to your manufacturers about this and how it's going to impact them. Um, we want to hear from them. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate your time today, Tom. I, I, we said at the top, this is a critical issue for the industry to understand the implications of. Um, so I really appreciate you taking some time to explain it. Uh, once again, I'd like to encourage uh, our members to keep an eye on their email, uh, to keep an eye on the government affairs section of MBI's website, modular.org, uh, for up-to-date news and developments. Uh, as Tom mentioned, we'll also have uh, town halls that you can join. And if you're not a member, this is a great time to join so you can stay on top of this and all the other issues that MBI is tackling. Thanks again uh, to Tom. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. It's a, it's, it's a big issue and it's one that MBI is prepared to fight. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.